liquid scent gives birth to love and life. We foster passion to grow geniuses which lift humanity. And tailor technology to preserve liberty in balance with nature. Welcome, Welcome to Radical. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. It is early in the morning. Uh, there is a lot of changes going on here at Radical. Welcome to everybody who's out there who maybe knew who were, I don't know, been here forever. If you're trying to figure out what this crazy guy is doing uh, from the Libertarian Party that's running for governor and all that fun stuff, you are welcome here. Uh, we invite everybody, Republicans, Democrats, people that uh, identify as libertarians and independents and all that fun stuff, and people who just are sick of all the bullshit. Uh, warning, we cuss on this show, uh, but today I got a, a great uh, returning guest. Uh, his name is Mike uh, Hobart. He has done quite a bit of writing for uh, Bitcoin Magazine. He, he has incredible rants on places like Cafe Bitcoin uh, and just super, super knowledgeable about a lot of things in this space. He's also a veteran. Um, we, we we interact a lot, especially behind the scenes. And yesterday, uh, I was looking at this article uh, from uh, Lee Fang and uh, Ken Klippenstein. It's from The Intercept, and it's about the Department of Homeland Security. And as I'm going through this, uh, Mike hits me up in the DMs. He's like, have you seen this? And I was like, man, I, I'm, I'm reading through it right now. It's, it's a long article, so I think we've got plenty of content to go through. But without further ado, bring in Mike Hobart. Greetings, brother. Yeah. Salutations. Welcome to the show. I didn't call you a guru, so... <laughs> <laughs> but you still brought it up so nice. uh good 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 morning man good morning uh, i think you and i you and i are one of like the only people on like our twitter feeds that are uh willfully up this early i think yeah. <laughs> it's nice Dude. to be able to, to chat back and forth about all this nonsense that's been happening finding finding another morning person and i mean like early morning person that likes to get up <laughs> long before the sun cracks the, the horizon before the birds especially in the summer right because getting up before like the sun cracks in the summer is like the real impressive point for a lot of people yeah and you and you're for, you're further north than i am so like during the summer man that sun comes up it's like i don't know 4 30 whatever yeah, it is the sun, the sun will start cracking like right at like 5 a.m like even yeah. 4 45 like you're getting it yeah it yeah, can, it can get pretty early. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's it, like I said, it's cool to find another morning person to be able to kind of do this stuff with because you know, for me, if I get this you know knocked out early in the morning, then I've got the rest of the day to do research, grow business, you name it. So there's there's a Activities. lot of things. Yeah, being, you know, life, right? And you're just like, <laughs> hey, by nine o'clock, you should be winding down anyway. No. <laughs> so. you can do, yeah, then, then by 11 before lunch, you go do karate in the garage. <laughs> Is that right? You got a, a bag, you go out there and beat the <laughs> shit out of for a while, make you feel better? Or go to the full Step Brothers thing and just take a katana to a watermelon. You know? <laughs> Must be nice, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, we've been talking about getting on here and doing this for a while. And then this just, I mean, it, it popped up and I was like, yeah, we should probably talk about this. Um, for everybody that doesn't know, uh, the department of Homeland security 
has broadened its job base since, uh, I should say its mission since uh, kind of the, I don't know, the the, the the good old days, and I'm obviously being very sarcastic, <laughs> uh, the good old days of its initiation under the, the Patriot Act. And yeah. um, I don't think I was shocked when, when I read through this giant article. No. Were, you, were you shocked? No, 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 no. Man, that's the thing, though, is like I – you and I weren't shocked, but we weren't shocked for the reason that I assume is because we've been paying attention, like specifically for the last two years in particular. Yeah. Because like, like you were saying, like the article is super long and it's really just super long because they're taking the time to connect the dots, like throughout like the, the whole process. Right. But most of those dots from what I've been paying attention to really only started in the last like 24 to 36 months. Yeah, and that's the thing is everybody was like, man, you know, some of the stuff seems creepy. I, I know for a long time, uh, you know, people have been pointing out that, you know, maybe uh, the a lot of the American, you know, taxpayers' money was going towards developing things like Facebook and things like Twitter and like all of these, you know, background. And then there was the entire debate over, well, are these, you know, public utilities? Is this free speech? Are the publishers, are they... Um, you know, hosting of content, you know, what exactly are these, you know, new forms of social media? And that has obviously evolved. They tried to do, you know, fairness type of acts on whatever, uh, you know, their, their content providers or, or publishers and, you know, trying to ram through more and more and more oversight of these things all along. And now, you know, when we've seen over especially the past 24, 36 months, maybe even back to 2016 as referenced in some of these things, um, you know, the the just the tentacles of the government's, you know, spy apparatus, whether it was the FBI, DHS, CIA, NSA, all the alphabet soups that have been out there. And you're like, uh, yeah, man, uh, not only were they doing it, they were doing it um, in a much more calculated, efficient uh, robust way than we than we thought to be yeah yeah and like well and the scary thing too is like we can get into we'll probably get into this further but like i it was so long i ended up having to re like finish it like this morning uh just because i had to keep taking i first noticed it at lunch yesterday and i was like okay i'm gonna put off lunch and read this and then i like i got like 20 minutes into it and noticed that the scroll bar had barely moved so i'm like oh jesus okay well i'm gonna go eat lunch and then i'm gonna come back to this and then I like started reading it and then like life happened. Right. So I like went, like ended up getting dragged onto this morning. Um, but one of the scary things, particularly around that, the point that you brought up of how the moves and measures were getting more precise and more intentional. Mm -hmm. um, there's a part in that article where they, they, they refer to emails, I think between the FBI and, uh, it was either executives at Twitter or Facebook or probably both. But um, the the emails said that at the end, it's like, oh, by the way, we're not interested in trying to like manipulate or maneuver like how like free speech is getting sequestered on your on your profile. It's like, OK, like <laughs> nice, nice little nice little asterisk at the end and be like, hey, we just want to make sure like this isn't coercion. Like we're not coercing you into suppressing free speech like. That's that. That's not. That's up to you guys. Like you guys can choose that. It's like that. That that's still coercion. Like you're providing political pressure for these platforms to 
do whatever they want as far to do whatever the FBI or whatever directive is being passed down to them, like regardless of whether it's subliminal or not, which the court, like the, like the way, like you and I would argue and the way this article argues is like this, not even subliminal. It's just no. blatantly obvious. It's it's so overt at this point. I mean, let's, let's jump into this article. I'm, I'm going to read a little bit, but, um, this, uh, like I said, this is from The Intercept, and uh, uh, Ken Klippenstein and Lee Fang uh, broke this, I guess, yesterday afternoon on Twitter. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security is quietly broadening its efforts to curb speech it considers dangerous, and investigation by The Intercept has found years of internal DHS memos, emails, and documents obtained via leaks and ongoing lawsuits, as well as public documents illustrate an ex- expansive effort by the agency to influence tech platforms. The work, much of which remains unknown to the American public, came into clear view earlier this year when DHS announced a new, quote, disinformation governance board, a panel designed to police misinformation, false information spread unintentionally, disinformation, which is false information spread intentionally, and malinformation, factual information shared typically out of context with harmful intent that allegedly threatens U.S. interest. While the broad, (laughs) while the broad was, uh, I'm sorry, while the board was widely ridiculed, immediately scaled back and then shut down within a few months, other initiatives are underway as DHS pivots to monitoring social media now that is original against its original mandate the war on terror has been wound down so i i love the fact that they use the the u.s interest right like god almighty you want to talk about like the, the the code word for everybody going out and and doing really really horrendous atrocities around the world like i mean i remember being part of that kind of stuff and they were like u.s interest and then i went over and saw what u.s interests were man it's not freedom it's not your rights it's not you know the constitution all this you know american flag patriotic bullshit that you're sold as a kid no 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 no. what you're doing is setting up a apparatus for special interest to go out and get extremely rich so the fact that they're transferring into u.s interest into the american people what do you how do you how how do you even take it let's talk about the u.s interest in what they're doing with Twitter and Google and, 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 well, I'd say maybe Twitter prior to Elon. We'll see about going forward. But what, what do you think the U.S. interest is here? Well, the U.S. interest, like, that they are perpetuating is really more of the interest of the current administration. It's not necessarily the interest of the country as a whole, right? Right. Because it's like, like, and this is something, like, the funny thing is, too, is that, like, earlier this year, I think back in late spring, um, during one of my many, my many, one of my many or plenty, that's what I just did there. One of my many or plenty rants that I've done on spaces and podcasts, like including the one, the pre, prior one I did with you, um, I got turned on to the fact that uh, Andy Frisella and his podcast was largely aligned with like what you and I have been saying, particularly. Mm-hmm. So, and he makes the point, he's like, what the current administration is trying to press or perpetuate as u.s interests is it doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't apply to like the the average citizen or the public 
Right. Right. Cause like they're completely different entities. Like American philosophy is largely like the, the good old days of like American exceptionalism philosophy is different from what it is today. Right. Just mm-hmm. like how, like the the current philosophy in politics is different from the the current philosophy of like the average citizen and their politics but the the problem is is that they're being extremely hypocritical like in that little <laughs> in that little section that you just said like like malinformation and misinformation and disinformation like trying to go out against like that's precisely what they've done for the past like two to three years yeah like you're... the hunter the hunter biden laptop story yeah like that fits all of what they just said so it, that's not even getting into the covid stuff yeah so let's let's talk about just some of that for a minute like we literally I dug through that telegram by the way yeah when hunter biden's laptop like the contents were getting leaked yeah i found myself i found my way into that telegram chat where it was just like, I don't know what bot was doing it, but it was just dumping all of these PDF files, like videos, pictures, like that shit. Like that was, that was fucked up stuff. <laughs> well, not, not only was it really fucked up, but it was one of those things where you're like, you had Mark Zuckerberg come out specifically on the Hunter Biden, you know, topic with Joe Rogan and admit yeah. to the, the fact that that they were having conversations with the FBI about what should be on on Facebook, what shouldn't be on Facebook, and how they should handle it. Which they've got different things in here, but the idea to back up, like the fact that you know these guys have defined what you know the uh, misinformation is, the disinformation is, and the malinformation is. Like the fact that they have you know very very concrete definitions for these things first and foremost shows that this is their business right like this is the business they've been in because for a lot of what they do overseas this is this is what they call craft you know this is the other side this isn't you know this isn't those guys looking out for people overseas no the this is how they start to weave their way into other populations and divide them for warfare techniques, right? So to take that and now apply it here in the United States, you're just sitting there going like, oh, well, I guess maybe the interest is all that data that you have, all, all of shifting an entire you know country, quote unquote, one way or another, allowing them to see it, discrediting people depersoning people like getting rid of their entire platform you know based on yeah on on absolute bullshit that comes out of the fbi dhs and the rest of these organizations like they they crush people's careers that you know can can't get back on social media yeah well like in like i wanted to make two points is like a they're trying to obfuscate reality through all these different definitions, right? They're trying mm-hmm. to make it a lot more complicated for people to navigate, like what the difference is between these, all these definitions. The problem with that is there's only two forms of information. There's truth and there's lies. That's yeah. it. So like, and like, I've been frustrated with people like perpetuating this, the use of these words, disinformation and misinformation. It's like, no, like there is literally just information. <laughs> there's just information and there's data and that's it now regardless of like the like where you get you can get lost in the sauce is like the morality of the quality of the information that's a completely different subject right, right. but there is lit like there's just information 
It's either it's either true or it's falsified and it's a lie. That like that is literally it. Yeah. And then the other thing, the other thing I wanted to bring up too is like, do did people like? I know everybody still remembers the WMD story that was utilized to justify going into Iraq. Yeah. Like, if the the amount of my own peers, like my own millennial generation, and the amount of individuals like within my family, I could even say that have forgotten like that very basic dynamics. Like they, they, they use these, this very same lie technique to, to justify invading a whole ass other country. Yeah. Like, like multiple, what else like, do you need? Multiple, multiple countries. It doesn't matter if it was like, yeah. you know, the seven different countries in the middle East, parts of Africa going into Pakistan, like a now in Venezuela. Yes. I mean, now that we're screwing around in the Ukraine and, Oh man, I mean, I I don't know. I look at this and you know, you just you see it for what it is and you're like, "Oh yeah, no, this is not only, you know, it's not just that these guys are, you know, notoriously known as liars and thieves and murderers, right? Like that's, you know, the fact that they're going to talk to people about what, you know, inf- what information is and what it should be and how to limit its propagation uh on social media and, and the internet is that no these guys are literally in the weaponization process of stories of speech of intelligence and now they're doing it with the you know the interface that everybody uses you know they grab that phone and you know i, I think it's i think it's some crazy uh you know number is like 90% of people are getting most of their information you know from you know looking at their phone and you're like if these guys are in control and weaponizing that information against an entire, you know, not not just America anymore, obviously, it's it's you know anybody around the world that they can get their hands into if they are, you know, messing with uh, you know the the likes of Twitter and Facebook and Google and and the rest of Microsoft, you name it. It's like it's it's all of them. I think it got it gets very interesting. Some of uh, you know the things that I uh, started to pull out of this, you know, this article was that this work is primarily being done by the CISA. Uh, it's a DHS sub-agency that's tasked with protecting, quote-unquote, critical national infrastructure. Uh, DHS and the FBI and several media entities are having bi-weekly meetings. That's incredible. They're, they're having bi-weekly that's, that's, meetings. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty <laughs> high hit rate. For, like, they're, staying, they're staying extremely updated on, like, how their initiatives are going and everything like that's yeah and that's you know, aggressive you, and you know if there's a flare-up right like if there's a flare-up yeah. they're not waiting you know they're, they're 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 going right to them and that's man that's that's what gets me is like oh yeah we're, we're having you know, we'll put out that we're having bi-weekly right are you well, and kidding it's, me it's, it's also it's also important to acknowledge too is that like like the the verbiage that was used for like these Okay, because I think they were referring to reports and like dossiers and stuff like that. But like, like these agencies, like whether it's DHS or the FBI, they're they're trying to make like in their own reports, they're trying to make it worded as it sounds like both parties came together mutually. Yeah. When in reality, we know that it was DHS and F- the FBI that were bringing these conversations to these executives. Yeah. I can I can I can almost guarantee. Oh, well, I can't guarantee, but <laughs> I would bet. I would bet that Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey, and their executive teams. I bet that I would bet that they didn't approach 
these agencies. I bet that they were approached. Yeah, which I, shows and which which is which shows intent. Right? Well, yeah, and, and you know the way that this all happens, right? Is you know I I don't know exactly what year it was. I believe. Um, you know, maybe Barack Obama was probably in office when we started to see hearings on Capitol Hill with the different social media, uh, you know, yeah, clientele yeah. and execs and their their legal um, team. And when when you started to see that, you, I guarantee you, the approach was this: Hey, I'm so and so from DHS. I'm so and so from the FBI. I'm so and so from whatever three letter. We uh. We would love to help you guys out, and yep. you know, you know, like dude, this is exactly like, hey, buddy, what's going on? Um, we're we're here to help. Yeah, and they're like, you know what? That's like when you get hauled before Congress. I think even as a billionaire, right? There's there's probably something to that, and I can say that you know, like looking at people like you know Stacey Abrams or you know Brian Kemp, who I like, we're in the same room with they're you know they're 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 people right like most of them are not tested under combat they're not like they haven't you know really had to do anything terribly difficult in their lives like to conquer real fear and so even if you're a billionaire you know you're not walking around with a steel spine and a giant set of brass balls you are (laughs) a billionaire that has a security team that lives a pretty soft lifestyle i think for the most part and now you have the entirety of some of the most powerful people in the government breathing down your throat. And these three-letter agency guys walk over and they're like, hey, man, don't worry about them. We're going to help you out. We got your back. Oh, we'll help you navigate. Oh, fucking every, every <laughs> time. Like, this is, you know, this is, this is the classic setup for any type of movie there is. And obviously that guy turns out to be a piece of shit. Um, he's, you know, <laughs> he's like, yeah, man, let me get in here and let me start doing these things. And then, you know, what happens is what they, they find something out or they've already got something on these guys that they don't want public. And they're like, Hey, you work with us. We'll work with you. We'll make sure that this never sees the light of day and all that kind of stuff. So like the, the fact that this is happening, but is also happening in a broader context, not just for like the, you know, the, I don't know, the American interest, but I think this next bullet point, which was pretty, uh, pretty substantial to me, the DHS considered uh, countering disinformation relating to content that undermines trust in financial systems and <laughs> the courts. We were talking a little bit about this uh, yesterday, just very briefly in, in our direct messages. And I wanted to give you first crack at uh, the financial system. The courts, obviously, we know are, are crooked and, um, and aren't going to do anything about this kind of stuff. But for the financial system, DHS wants to make sure that they are countering disinformation for those pricks. Like, why is this important, Mike? Jesus, dude. Like, <laughs> well, and because like th- this really, this really just points. Like, I'm not trying to. I don't want to get like too Bitcoiner. Oh, let's this, go! Be, Come on, um, we 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 definitely should. Well, because like because like this gets in this gets into like some of the garbage that like Janet Yellen is perpetuating, like yeah. the like, the, uh, the the um, Department of the Treasury. Yeah, like. She's <laughs> it's so that's let's let's open that can of worms. Uh, the cause, like because like the the problem is is that like we've got like 
everybody's been seeing how U.S. bonds have been selling off. Yeah. Like, like, like even saying that it's a sell-off is not doing it enough justice as far as like looking back on the weekly and the monthly charts of all the bond yields across the board. Yeah. Like they're going straight up, yeah. like straight up, like rocket doesn't even like a rocket ascent doesn't even like do it that well. <laughs> too, much, and, too much arc. Yeah. And it, like, then you take into account like what's been going on with OPEC and how the Biden administration has been trying to press OPEC. They're like, Biden's like, Oh no, you can pump more. They're like, no, we can't. Yeah. And then, the, and then like, then they come out with like how they're reducing. Cause like they, they said that they were going to increase like to a million barrels per day or so, or they, they, they said they could increase by a hundred thousand barrels per day and they couldn't even reach that. So, which like those of you, for your listeners that don't really understand oil and gas, that well, a hundred thousand barrels per day is literally nothing like that. That's not even a drop in the bucket as far as like global demand goes. Cause global demand, I think is a hundred million barrels per day. Wow. So like, that's like, that's like a one, one thousandth of yeah. the demand, like literally means nothing. Um, so like, and the reason that I bring up the OPEC situation is because of the petrodollar and how the U S dollar hegemony has been maintained with like using military naval might to protect trade routes and particularly oil interests. Right. Yeah. That, which goes back to like our invasion of the, um, Iraq and like using, um, us assets aka soldiers to try and perpetuate like these um privately directed um just strategies to profit right yeah this 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 also gets into a youtube video that i suggest all your listeners watch um which would be all wars are bankers wars yes yeah hell yeah And, and 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 that's that's what i wanted to like nail here is when we look at when they're talking about you know undermines the financial systems I think for a long time, you know, we've we've known, uh, especially as Austrians, that this collapses coming of the U.S. dollar. Like at some point, you run out of interest rate going to zero, and when you hit inflation in terms of like eight trillion dollars in two years, what you're what you're gonna have is an explosion of inflation. I mean, you have w- way more dollars chasing uh, the same, if not way less. Uh, goods and services due to you know quote unquote you know COVID shutdowns. We I think we saw this coming a long time ago, and we said you know it's going to break at some point. So the fact that they're doing this to prevent the the undermining of financial systems in a in a point where we know financial systems are going to absolutely come to a you know a halt. You know we saw Brexit. I think that was probably. You know, one of the first very clear signs that we're not far off from this financial collapse around the world again, where Britain and UK didn't trust the EU uh, to be in charge of the sterling pound. And so they never joined. Yep. And so when they said, hey, you know what, we're getting out of here and we're getting into Brexit, the financial system meltdown, I think, had begun. And then they, they kind of co-opted it, used COVID to say, everybody stay home. I'm not saying COVID wasn't bad. I'm not saying COVID didn't kill people, but I'm going to say that, you know, like I'm glad to see they didn't waste the crisis is what you're saying. Right. I'm I'm glad to see that the flu is back after a couple of years off. And you know, like we're we're just to that point where we saw this, this, you know, financial collapse. And now what I think is super important is these guys are busted. Elon taking over Twitter and now 
not interfacing with the FBI, the NSA, DHS, whatever, whoever the alphabet soup is that wants to interface with him now that he's a private company again, this might be the biggest first domino in their downfall. And what that means in terms of a financial system collapse as Bitcoin is coming into its own, we're seeing you know, the, the hash rate go through the roof. We're seeing the interactions of people like leaving the bond market, leaving the Forex market, leaving the stock market. All these people that are plebs, you know, like like us is like we're seeing yeah. people see their money evaporate and looking to hedge it, uh, whether it's in, you know, lead or gold or, or Bitcoin, you know, some hard asset. This is critical at this point because you've got places like you were mentioning, the Middle East, whether it was Iraq or Saudi Arabia, looking now at going into BRICS, right? I mean, now if yep. you've got places like China and Russia and the Middle East that, you know, back in, you know, it was 2001, 2003 timeframe when um, Saddam was like, I don't want any more of your bullshit money you know, U.S. like I'm, yeah, he was one of the he was one of the prices of oil in the euro. Yeah, and or or even possibly gold. And then you had, um, yeah. you know, Gaddafi who wanted to go to a a, a gold African type of denomination who they absolutely straight up murdered. So the fact that this is all going on as the financial system is crumbling. And if this kind of stuff can get out, it can get on Twitter, it can get on Facebook. Well, probably not Facebook, but it can get on Twitter Boy, you're talking about an undermining of the financial system as they're trying to come out with a central bank digital currency. How huge is that? Yeah. So good thing I actually um, brought up this tweet that I sent the other day. Um, but like before I even get to that, let's talk about let's briefly mention how like the undermining of the financial system. Yeah. That undermining is largely just the American individual or any individual globally protecting themselves from like monetary debasement. Oh, say, that's it, what, say it again for everybody that might be slow. <laughs> so like when they, when they say that they're worried about eroding the trust of the financial system, the current financial system, the, the current hegemony, the incumbent, whatever you want to call it, when they say that, like that, they are working to fight back against lose the the eroding trust of the current financial system. That means that they are working to try and make sure that the individual is not financially protecting themselves from monetary debasement, which is exactly what printing eight trillion dollars in one year is. <laughs> Boom! It's yeah. This this isn't this isn't a I don't know. I guess we as Bitcoin maximalists are going to sit here and be like, listen, there is a giant movement. There is a giant family. And I say giant, it it's, it's getting started, right? It's ramping up. There is definitely, I don't know, what did we say? Like 120 million or something, or, or maybe 120, 150 million, somewhere around globally. Yeah. Globally. Right. So yeah. it, it, it's not, it, it's no small number in terms of, it could be a country, it could be a state, whatever if they were, you know, all centralized and but when when we look at this movement towards harder assets, like I said, I don't care if it's gold, I don't care if it's land or lead or Bitcoin. Um, but for us as Bitcoiners, the fact that this is all coming together now and it's people. It's not it's not, you know, this, you know, this cabal. 
It's not you know, a, a truly centralized organization. This is a decentralized movement of individuals that are trying to protect what they've earned over their lifetime. And to, to the idea that you know, they have to stop or curtail or edit or deplatform people that are going to uh, you know, stand against a falling Federal Reserve type of system here in the West and a CCP you know, style of uh, you know, central bank <laughs> in the East, this, this speaks volumes to what I think the real underlining current uh, is going to be for these guys. Yeah, and then like I, I really wanted to, um, I wanted to touch on the CBDC point that you brought up. So um, I don't know who this individual is, but I came across it yesterday on my feed. Natalie Winters on Twitter, she tweeted out saying, "Representatives from J.P. Morgan Chase attended virtually all DHS meetings about federal government federal government efforts to um, to censor disinformation on social media. Are they laying the groundwork for debanking to become an even more mainstream strategy?" Yes. And my, and my, and my, my Twitter, my Twitter response was, uh, yeah, duh. That's why the U S treasury has been pushing for development of a U.S. dollar CBDC. And in my opinion, why the federal reserve, which they have been federal reserve has been resisting going along Yeah, because Jerome Powell has been resisting going along with a U.S. dollar CBDC. Now what I can't argue because I don't know him, um, personally is I don't know if, he's resisting it out of just ignorance of what the technology is or what it's capable of, or if he's resisting it out of the desire to actually protect average Americans, because Tom Luongo, um, I don't know if you've ever listened to his podcast, but he has like a sub stack or whatever, like a newsletter and everything, a Patreon. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. And he, in one of his podcasts, he talked about how what some of his followers, they looked into um, Jerome Powell's, uh genealogy he goes all the way back like he's an eighth generation american like he goes all the way back to the founding fathers <laughs> like i'm pretty sure he like his ancestors rode in on one of the like very first colonizing ships wow so he's got like he's got american blood right mm -hmm. now that doesn't necessarily mean that he's gonna be a, like a actual patriot right he's got but, that banking blood you know the, the, yeah, the guys that yeah. took all that power and centralized it for the, <laughs> the bankers the tycoons and the elite politicians that wanted to take you know state power and then go all right let's craft this thing through the federalist movement versus the anti-federalist movement who were the 1776ers not the the 1787ers yeah. right and you're going yeah, no, these these may be the same guys in terms of what they call the aristocratic combination. The you know, yeah, as bankers, we I think we should you know really understand too that I don't know you know in the background like I think Jerome Powell has been um, cited on you know some some places where he is possibly in Bitcoin as well, right? Like personally in I, that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me because I, yeah. like. Um, one of the things like I can't remember what the what the conference call was. I think it was in 2021 where he stated it was probably an FOMC minutes or something. He stated that there was room for more than one currency as a as a global reserve currency. Yeah. A lot of people took that for him signaling that it would be China, which I don't think it was. Yeah. I think that he was saying Bitcoin because yeah. nobody in their right mind trusts the Chinese dollar. 
No, no. Why? Especially why? Not. Why? <laughs> especially when, when he's the head of the Federal Reserve, why would he suggest that like there's room for the Chinese yuan or the Russian ruble? Like he wouldn't because he's not an idiot. Like people can say Jerome Powell is an idiot, but he's not because those people are the ones that are like biting the hook of saying that of believing that the Federal Reserve is fighting inflation and unemployment. They don't give yeah. a rat's ass about inflation and unemployment. They've been fighting the actual currency war. Yes. Between it, the Chinese yuan and the Russian ruble and the euro. Exactly right. I think we probably need to pause and, and talk about this. When you talk about really powerful central banks, the Fed being one of them, not not native to the U.S. by any stretch of the imagination. I think when we yeah. took, talk about the Chinese yuan, I think a lot of it is very native to China, um, but also a central bank. You have the Russian ruble, who isn't part of the Western banking cabal at all. It's one of the reasons yeah. why Ukraine and Russia is happening. I know you know the the NATO expansion to the east is a big deal, and it it makes a lot of sense. Uh, in terms of geopolitical angst and everything. But what I think is really going on there is Western type of banks that don't have control over the Russian central bank. And yeah. when when you start to see all this unpack, you've got, you know, you've got the Indian ruble, you've got the Chinese yuan, you've got the Russian um, um, where the Russian uh, uh, ruble, and then you've got the UK, which the Bank of England, is absolutely in free fall right now. So to <laughs> you know to to be in the places where these guys are, um, and then think that Jerome Powell would ever be the guy that's going to go try to help the CCP shore up the Chinese bank, or maybe even you know the Bank of England. Like I don't think that's I don't think that's what it is at all. I think you're right in terms of reserve currency. He's probably going. This actually makes a lot of sense over here. But as the chair of the Federal Reserve, I don't know that I can go out and talk about this. I can't say things about this. I can't probably encourage people to a movement of decentralized self-sovereignty in terms of becoming their own bank, which I think is probably where most of that stuff is heading. Like you're you're gonna you're like you're gonna tell me that the chairman of the Federal Reserve isn't also having conversations with the chairman of the SEC. Right. Like, like, honestly, like, we're all gonna like, seriously, like have these conversations that think that Gary Gensler hasn't been chatting with Jerome Powell, like on like back channels. Yeah. Like, it's it, I guarantee it's not that easy for either one of them to get a phone call with each other. Yeah, or not that difficult. I mean, yeah. I bet it's relatively easy. I it, it's I'll tell you at this point, I think this is where everything leads to. And I think what the bank has done for a very, very long time, or the banks have done for a very, very long time, is divert the attention of most people to politicians and corporations, right? It is like, you know, the, the devil's greatest trick was convincing the world that he didn't exist, where these central banks, <laughs> fund, yeah. you know, like both sides of the war, Democrats complain about companies and corporations, and Republicans a lot of times complain about government, when in reality, the underlining issue is we have a communications protocol problem in terms of the way we interact as human beings. Very baseline is like if your incentives and your communications protocol for human beings to transact with each other is broken, which means you're using it through force and coercion versus peace and consent, you know, Bitcoin or, or decentralized gold. Um, is peace and consent versus this 
fiat crap that we have now that's absolutely destroyed lives around the world and continues to destroy lives, like this is the difference between where we're heading as a species and I think as we're getting it right and these guys have so much out there, I think they're bring, being brought out of the shadows and now having to do a lot more damage control up front like and this this the the bigger picture here and what we were talking about yesterday is if the CBDCs arrive on their face like dead right dead on arrival if the CBDCs are dead on arrival for places like the central bank the fee, you know the, the fed oh my god Buckle up, people, because Bitcoin is going to explode. Yeah. Well, and then because like the the other thing, too, that needs to that. I think as far as a conversation needs to be having a lot more um, is. Now, I, I'm not going to go to go so far as to suggest that the bankers have been orchestrating this, but there's been a, an obfuscation of the difference between money and currency. Because money, money is is a medium of exchange that is determined by the market, yeah. where a currency is mandated by a nation state. Yeah, and the the dif- the difference is, is that like when you have those two different systems, when you have money, which is largely just determined by Darwinism or natural selection, versus a system like a currency, which is trying to manipulate natural selection into forcing to use like this medium of exchange. That's why fiat currencies have always failed. Yeah. Like when you when you when you force a group of people or countries or a market to use a, a form of currency that regardless of how it starts out, always ends up being broken as far as it's pegged to reality to the point of where they just issue the, the currency into oblivion, literally. It goes all the way back to the Mongols. Yeah. Like the Mongols did it with the Chinese like <laughs> cash and like we're not we're not taught that in school right because that would erode what was it erode the trust of the financial system there you go So like it's just <laughs> now it's it, like it's gross man they, they they can't keep this thing in the bag oh man we've got about 15 more minutes here but yeah i i think i think you're right man like this they they've tried it in so many different ways over the years to keep this from the attention of the the, the 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 greater population and now that they can't keep it in and there are giant outlets like twitter that are now going private again that where people aren't going to be deplatformed where they're not going to have interface they're not going to be told what to do boy the, the, mm. i hope elon's got really great security first and foremost i hope that yeah. um you know, they're, he's going to need his own. His, he's going to need his own PMC corporation. Yes. Like at this point. Oh, I, I, for for absolute sure. And I think that's kind of where we're getting to with this whole Bitcoinization effort, right? Is like we're getting yeah. to that point where now the people who kind of get it. And I'm not saying Elon gets Bitcoin yet. I I, I wish he did. Um, but yeah, I don't think he does. No, I I, I don't think he does either. But when that light goes on. And he does understand it. And the fact that he's working, you know, with Jack Dorsey right now, I think maybe hopefully there's a lot of stuff going in the ear. Maybe this being done behind the scenes where they've got a lot of code and everything else worked out. I think 
I think that's a reality. But I think in terms of this going forward, you know, this is going to be where we start to see a lot of friction here in in America and around the world is these people that are going to defect from the alphabet soups and the apparatus that are absolutely going to punch these guys in the teeth over and over and over again. I could definitely see, um, you know, the the powers that be wanting and using as much force and coercion as they need to shut places like this down. I mean, Elon it's, it's going to get weird, dude. It's going to get really weird because like, and like, and that's not even in the sense of trying to say it like it's going to be fun. Like, cause like to your point to even leverage it even further, like over the last couple of years, we've seen how they've used the pandemic to try and coerce Navy SEALs and the Navy SEALs were like a quarter of the Navy SEALs were like, uh, no, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. And like large, they've pushed out large portions of the military through all that stuff. And then we've also watched as there's been a lot of, um, there's been what looks like a significant fissure within the FBI of like a lot of their own agents coming out and leaking information. They're like, dude, like stuff, like shit is going wrong, like in all of the worst ways. I think you're right. I think. I think there's going to be a lot of these individuals that make their way into these other corporations and stuff or like other movements or communities. They're going to start like using their own tactics and tools against them. And it's going to get really, really weird. And it's like people thought the last couple of years have been confusing. Oh, it's no. going to get more confusing. Yeah, it's going to get way more confusing and it's going to get way more taxing on the average citizen that is particularly stuck on the Fiat hamster wheel. Yeah. Like they're like, I bet large portions of the population are going to end up tuning out. Like they're going to end up tuning out to where they can just try and live their daily life, which they're not going to be able to, because they're just going to print the dollar into oblivion, which is going to suck. Well, um, yeah. And I think you're, you know, I think you're also like this, this piece that I, I think a lot of people miss is like a lot of the government employees when cash goes to shit and they flip that light switch and they say, Hey, you're, you're going to be on a CBDC now. It's not your local banks. It's not your local magistrate. It's not your local populace that's paying you. You're being paid by a central bank as a government employee or a government contractor. That's going to be really weird, right? Because at some point, those guys are going to hold these really awful carrots out in front of sheriffs, in front of mayors, yep. in front of legislators, and and, and and all sorts of other bureaucracies. And they're going to say, you're either going to do this or you're not going to get paid your CBDC. And then you can't go down to your 1984 supermarket and get the approved uh, things for you to eat. You can't get the approved things for your your travel. You can't get you can't go do things anymore. Right. That's man. that is going to be the super weird part. Yeah. Some people are going well, to sit and, there and, and do it. And to, to like as a more hopeful note, like. I the stuff with Elon obviously improves hope, but then like yeah. the really big one for me was Mark Zuckerberg going to Joe Rogan. Cause like, I think, I think that was a very tactical move by Mark Zuckerberg to go out and say like, Hey, like we regret it. Like this stuff is really, really bad because like Twitter's one thing as far as toxicity and just like all that other stuff, right? Like you yeah. can go on there and just get, find all sorts of hate relatively easily. But the real, like, what scares me more is Facebook because Facebook has become this very, very potent echo chamber. Like, it's not like in the sense of Twitter where you can really get like all these different differing opinions on your feed, and it's just like a bunch of 
just like people spewing shit at each other. Yeah. Like Facebook is from, from how I have seen it is largely just a bunch of echo chambers of like, like people just chiming in and agreeing with each other all the way down the line. Yeah. That's more dangerous than people dealing with toxicity and like opposition to their opinions. Yeah. So like, so like Mark Zuckerberg going to Joe Rogan and saying that like that, that gives me hope because if Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and Jack Dorsey are willing to be like, and now Kanye West being as openly like just pushing back against all this stuff, it's like, cause you and I both know is like when one, once one person stands up, it motivates others to start standing up and resisting. I'm hoping that some bigger corporations start to really kind of like step back from the line that they've been willing to tell, or at least cross the line to like, so it's like our, our side of the conversation. Yeah. Like that, like the unfortunate thing is that Jeff Bezos is no longer CEO of Amazon. So they've probably got their puppet with Amazon. Right. But I would like to see like Walmart or uh, Tim cook from Apple. I would like to see one of those two start to push back a little bit. Yeah. You, or like, or like, like, and I, I keep cutting you off. Oh, it's like, okay. You're, like, you're the or, guest. Or like the, <laughs> or like, or like the, the, the retail uh, stores like Home Depot or Lowe's, like, like the really American ones, because those are American. Like, like when you like want to like, it's a very American thing to a, get your own home, put a deck on your home, like do all these home renovations and yep. DIY projects. Like, I want to see that, like those companies start stepping up and be like, Hey, this is ridiculous. Like, we don't agree with this. Like, let's start like trying to figure out like what's actually going on here. Yeah. And I, I think you're a hundred percent right. I, I do agree. I think that move by, um, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, like I said, he's, he's a human being. Like, I think for the most part, right. I don't think he's like, I, <laughs> he's much, still a bit of a lizard. Yeah. Like, I, was him asking for help. <laughs> so even if he is asking for help, um, or making statements as, as much as he thinks he can get away with, right. Like that was, yeah. that was something that was incredible. Like, I don't, I don't think it got enough attention. Um, I think it was probably buried, and, you know, like when you when you look at mainstream, nobody in mainstream came out and, and talked about that. That was it, that was that, you know, this our, our counterculture in terms of podcasts that were that we're talking about Mark Zuckerberg coming yeah. out and saying he basically uh, does what the FBI needs him to do on a very regular basis when it comes to not only politics, but, you know, domestic issues, whatever it is, um, COVID and, and, and everything else. So. The fact that you may have these guys starting to stand up, find their voice, and push back, and I think you're right, is there's going to be a moment where some of these companies finally figure it out, where they have you know some smarter people that are moving into the higher echelon, going, guys, we don't have to play this game, we don't have to, we don't have to, you know, play this narrative with these guys anymore. We can do something completely different in a parallel economy where we continue to be able to be, you know, a, a global dominance, whether it's like you said, Home Depot or Lowe's or any of these organizations. Ford. Yeah. Maybe even like, you know, the, some of the airlines like Delta or something like that, where they're like, yeah. Hey, listen, you know, we're not in the business of moving extremely wealthy people around the planet. Those guys take, you know, their, their private jets and things. We're in the business <laughs> of, of ride share, right? Like that, that's, that's what it is. We're in, we're in the business of ride share. We're in the business of helping individuals improve their home or repair their home or make money. And these people are not, 
you know, the, the mega wealthy. These people are your average Americans. This is where the base of our, um, you know, our, our profits, our margins, um, everything else that comes in through that door. That's that's our business. And if we, yeah, if we cut that off, we're not only going to you know lose our customers. We're going to lose our own jobs. We're going to lose our 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 company. And imagine you, that, huh? Yeah, you want to talk about some people that are super proud. Like, I mean, I think I think Home Depot is just a, an excellent example here, man. I I used to work for the big orange box, and you would have people walking around. I used to work for Lowe's. Yeah, like you would have people walking around with those badges. You know, like thirty plus years of you know being they were they're super proud of working for those organizations. And to to have put in a life's effort into growing it, into you know making it what it is today, I don't think those people are going to sit down and shut up at some point. Once they figure it out, I don't think they're going anywhere. And if they're in the higher echelon of you know the corporate offices and things like that, especially in places like Atlanta or North Carolina, Home Depot and Lowe's, Delta is out of Atlanta, like all of these places, you're just sitting there going like, yeah. Um, I can definitely see these guys being somebody to step out and say, we're not doing this anymore. We got a better way. Yeah, I dude, I, I like, that's like, and, uh, the, the Twitter community affectionately labeled me as Dr. Doom. Um, but like, but like, I, I remain very hopeful for a lot of these like developments because they're very, like, it's, it's not, it's not that I just think that they're hopeful. I think they're likely yeah. like, especially going forward because the like the 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 game board keeps changing fast um yeah and yeah it's changing fast it keeps changing in relatively big ways and the more that like these companies um come under pressure the more that they're going to be pressured to really go back to their more american ideals in the sense of like because like what what's more American than somebody telling you what to do and you're like no go fuck yourself? Like, <laughs> I love because it because that that is that is yeah. the American thing because that's also the funny thing is too is like that's what the U.S. military teaches you to do. Yeah, they're like hey like we, like you need to go do this. It's like no, I don't agree with that. And you can scream in my face all you want, you're not going to be able to do anything. Oh, and by the way, you taught me how to kill people, so good luck like forcing me how to do it. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Because like, because like, and that's something that people that like, I think is, and you and I would agree is like more people, more Americans would have benefited going through basic training and all that stuff. But like, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely, I think there is something that happens, which is, you know, very interesting from government indoctrination of, you know, everybody in school versus the person that goes into a quote unquote service, right? Is like there, there are some stuff that does not fly, will not fly because it, it undermines the general's intent, which, you know, there's obviously a readiness factor there. So you have to cut out a lot of the bullshit, which is exactly why when they introduced all this bullshit in the past, you know, I don't know, five, 10 years and everything else, that's why they are having recruitment uh, problems is because they, the, yeah. the people who are there, their, their lives depend on making sure that, you know, we're not just dying for bullshit up front, man. Yep. Like their, their model now is going to crumble and it's going to break. 
and I think we're going to watch it in, in real time. But Mike, let's um, you, uh, go ahead r- r- real quick before you before you end. Yeah, like just to add on to that point, like you want to talk about like the issues with recruiting, and then also the issues with the trust in the financial system. They haven't even been able to keep combat pilots, and they've been having to print money in the sense of offering up bonuses of up to four hundred thousand dollars since twenty seventeen. I remember Whoa. being in Kuwait at the PX, and there was a uh, there was a newspaper from like like the Air Force's newspaper was there, and they were offering like four hundred to four hundred fifty thousand dollars signing bonuses to be combat pilots, and you know why they're offering that is because they can't keep them. Well, I'll tell you what, so man. So they're not they're they're having issues with recruiting, and they're printing away the dollar to try and like maintain their recruiting quotas. Unbelievable, yeah. And that's the thing is, like, a lot of those guys that know the deal that are combat pilots, like you're, you know, you're you're no kidding, attack helicopters or or attack you yeah know, planes or press or, and pitch. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Like these guys that have seen it and they know it and they've you know they've experienced it up front. There's no amount of money that's going to help those guys get in the cockpit and continue to do what they used to do, right? And so yeah, that's that's insane. I remember being, I think it was like 2000 five-ish when they were like hey man you can get a hundred thousand dollars uh if you you know re-enlist now and that was one of the the greatest multipliers there was back in the day and i was like man a hundred thousand dollars sounds real good but living sounds a lot better so <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yeah not not being no uh, one of those guys anymore uh, again you know after you kind of pull back the curtain but um mike mike uh i i think um we may have to do this a little more often man especially since uh you're you're an early riser but um we got a fraction of the way through this terrible article <laughs> or this uh, this intercept you uh, article but um let's how can, can, is there a place where we can help you become the aspiring writer that you want to be so that you can not have to go do uh, this, the silly stuff of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, two, there's two things. Um, uh, follow my Twitter. Um, if you're not watching the, the, the video version of this, my Twitter handle is at the Mike Hobart. So that's T H E E M I K E H O B A R T. Um, and then that would, the other one would be my medium. My medium is just Mike Hobart. Super simple. Um, those two avenues are going to be where I'm most active. Um, and then going forward, I will let your followers know and yourself know that I've been working on building out my own website to aggregate all the different articles that I've already written. Cause I, I counted them up yesterday or no Sunday. And I think that I have about 60 articles split almost evenly down the middle between Bitcoin magazine and medium. Wow. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to work on starting up a sub stack and I'm also trying to work on potentially putting together enough content for a couple books. So, um, following those two avenues, particularly my Twitter, um, will gain you access to like my new developments and stuff like that. Um, and then, uh, I will also warn all of your followers as far as Twitter goes. I tweet a lot. (laughs) I tweet a lot as far as like seeing the news and the stuff that pisses me off. Um, and my opinions probably are going to trigger quite a few people. So just yeah, it's thorny. So I think you're, I, I think you're in the, in the right crowd over here, brother. Um, <laughs> Hey, uh, last question. Are you going to uh, Pacific Bitcoin? Are you going to be out there for the conference? I, I'm not, you're not. Okay. I'm not, um, I'm all, I'm all conferenced out. Um, 
and there's nothing against like the the bitcoin community or anything but uh conferences are expensive both in time and money yeah and uh my employment with great american mining recently ended with their being acquired by crusoe so i'm just trying to make sure i'm being smart yeah i need to have the the you know the capital to be able to like publish a book and everything so yeah right on okay well ladies and gents get out there uh help mike follow mike um you know support him and what he's doing great voice in this and not just dr doom there's a lot of, there's a lot of hope <laughs> that comes out of mike as well uh extremely smart guy mike uh it's been a lot of fun hanging with you this morning man and uh look forward to doing it again soon oh we need to do this again very soon for everybody else oh it, it, have you been using fountain fm by any chance I have a little bit, yeah. um, but I'm not going to lie. The fountain team needs to probably like tweak their notification systems for like making clips. Cause like I've received clips from like, uh, like I follow, I think I, I can't remember if I follow you. Um, as soon as we're done with this, I'll look you up and follow because I only follow like a few of like the, the groups, like simply Bitcoin, Texas slim. Um, and then, uh, caribou, nobody caribou's, um, Bitcoin <laughs> Stoa. um, but uh, one of the things that Fountain annoys me with is like every time somebody cuts a clip out of something you've said, like you get a notification or if somebody you're following cuts a clip, you get a notification. So it's just like I need to go through and tweak that. So I don't Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to be setting up a meeting with those guys to talk a little bit about their, their GUI and their, their interface, man. There's there's some <laughs> things that need a little tweaking, but I like the idea like. So far, you know, it's it's out of the box. It's new uh, Fountain FM for those of you guys that are tuning in. If you're looking to earn Satoshi's Sats Bitcoin, you can listen and earn Bitcoin. And it also yeah. helps the people that are producing content. You can also get more by producing clips out of our content, which helps everybody who's involved. So um, not perfect you yet. You get Sats for those clips too. Yeah, exactly right. So... If you are out there and you're looking to earn sats and you listen to podcasts instead of listening to it on Apple or Spotify or any of that other kind of stuff, you can just listen and earn on uh, on Fountain FM. Uh, it's a it's a new app. Like I said, we're going to help these guys dial it in. Um, that's what this community is all about. But uh, a great place for you guys to go out and do stuff like this. But uh, Mike, thank you again, sir, for for coming on and uh, until tomorrow because we're doing this every day now oh my gosh um <laughs> i guess we will see you then until then we love you we need you peace um don't hurt people and don't take those steps